You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm John Patrick Bray, and I wrote tonight's episode. Welcome to Gather by the Ghost Light. Alright, good day everyone. This is Gather by the Ghost Light, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And welcome back. And for those of you that recently left the five-star ratings and reviews for this podcast, thank you so much. And also, special shout-out to listeners Nancy Hansen, John Busser, Dana Hall, Ryan Kaminsky, Lauren Romagnoli, Brenda Basil, and Susan Bartholomew. Thank you all for your support and your generous donations to this podcast. All right, folks, we are less than two months away from our first ever live recorded event. You can get your tickets at lcinaugusta.com. But also, don't forget, you can get in free by signing up to be a member at buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlight. Now, if you follow Gather by the Ghostlight on social media, you've probably noticed that we've been doing a series of weekly giveaways leading up to the events. You know, our sponsors have been very kind and they've donated theater tickets, event tickets, merchandise, cool swag, among many other things. So go check that out if you like free stuff. And now, are you guys ready to get a little spooky today? Because <laughs> that's what we got. Today's story comes from playwright John Patrick Bray. John is based in Athens, Georgia, and he's not only a playwright, but he's also a teacher at the University of Georgia in their theater and film studies department. And today you're going to hear his dark, eerie tale called The Demon Lady. You're about to meet Veronica and Jeremy, a couple of friends who decided to escape for a weekend and go camping, but a sudden storm in the middle of the night destroyed their tent, and now they're currently on the run looking for shelter. But what they find instead may be a little more dangerous than the falling rain. Before we begin, I do want to let you know that this story does contain adult language, so please be mindful if there are children near you. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is The Demon Lady, written by John Patrick Bray, and be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Can't see shit out here. This storm came out of nowhere. Look, look right through the trail here, come on. Wait, look over there. A cabin. Whoa. That place looks creepy as fuck. The dim lights in the windows look like wicked eyes staring us down. Everything out here looks creepy as fuck right now, but at least there's a covered porch at the cabin. Maybe they'll let us wait this out and stay dry. Come on, hurry! There. That's a little better. Won't be safe. What? The camping gear. Just let me. Pick Are you it gonna up. knock or what? Fine. Did you see any other campers or any campsite roads? I don't trust them. What? The woods. I, I don't trust them. Why did you agree to go on this trip in the first place? The places you will go. What? A b- book I read as a kid. The places you will go. Jeez, this place looks even creepier up close. Look at all this rotten wood. Shh. Someone's coming to the door. Hi, I'm so sorry for knocking so late. No visitors. Hello? 
Hey, we don't want to intrude. No solicitors. Great. Now she's also closed the window shades. Excuse me, miss. Just move. Please, we're lost. I said no visitors. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, watch it with that shotgun, okay? Get off the porch. Wait, our tent, a tree fell on our tent. It ripped the gear, the water. We just, can we just sit on your porch? We don't even have to come inside. Don't shoot. Pardon? Usually people say don't shoot, and then I shoot. Well, I won't, I won't say it then. Say what? <laughs> okay, you're smart. Look, I don't have much. I live out here for a reason, alone. But you're pretty like me when I was younger. And this one, he your husband? No. God, no. We're friends, old friends. We worked at a bagel shop together. Bagels? We just wanted to get away from the world and... Can I put my hands down? You may. Will you lower the gun? No. Okay. We're just two friends who went camping in the wrong place on the wrong night. Neither of us are actually good at it. We didn't think about the trees, the rain, the mosquitoes. The mountain lions, the bears, the cannibal old woman. (laughs) I like you. You're more afraid of water than you are of me. Well then, might as well lower the gun. Thank you. You can sit on my porch until the rain passes, but just sit quietly. Don't disturb nothing, you hear me? Stay real quiet, disturb nothing. Do you have any towels? Never mind. Well then, we have a place to sit anyway. Shit, I I left my meds in my bag. What meds? My balacyclovir. Oh, that's the thing for the... the... The gift that keeps on giving that Roy left me with. Sorry. It would be nice if all this rain would just wash it all away. The past. It can't, though. God, I hate the world. The world doesn't think you're too bad. Do you ever want to watch it burn? Is that better than drowning? Of course I do, but not out of anger, just out of enough, you know? I got enough anger for both of us. Yeah. How come you never got remarried? After? How come you never dated? After? Come on. It's not the big deal it was in the 70s. Medication and such. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I'll tell you what. Let me give it to you and you tell me. (laughs) No way. See? Because I don't want all that anymore. You know, when I watched her coffin go into the ground and I watched the world swallow her up, I realized I spent my life working, thinking, you know, I'd go to college and then go to the real world and work for something, towards something, with no idea what that something is. But there is no real world. There's just a relentless pursuit of something that doesn't exist, you know? But at least I had her. I put a padlock on the house, Veronica. I think I'm just going to wander into the woods and let them swallow me up. And leave me in it? Fuck that. You know, when everyone else is gone, and I mean everyone, it'll just be you and me washing each other's asses at the end of the world. And maybe it'll be better that way. And this time, when we put a padlock on the door, we'll be inside first. Because if I got to see that goddamn world, knowing I ain't got a friend in it, I'd rather be torn to pieces. I'd let the world get swallowed up if I didn't have a friend in it. 
So, you're saying you're a little angry. <laughs> I, I guess you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be on a cruise this weekend. I know. I still have all the damn brochures. Caribbean cruise, and Roy was going to propose. I know. And, and not give me herpes. But shit, I wonder if he spread this joy to any of his side pieces. Oh, the places you will go. A cruise. Europe. Everywhere. You will go. Everywhere. And then everywhere becomes regular trip to the doctors. Thanks to life's surprises. I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I keep running around this circle. It's just you think you have your life figured out, and then... You end up out here with me. Yeah, that part's okay if you're fishing for compliments. I think someone saying they'll wash my ass when I get old is the best compliment I'll ever get. Damn, that one was close. Maybe if we asked the lady real nice. Ma'am? Ma'am, it's really rough out here. Don't call me ma'am. It's Dash. Dash? Like a dash of salt, dash of pepper, dash. Or... Mrs. Dash. Well, there's no Mr. Dash. <laughs> I just meant like the, you know, the, the seasoning. Can we come in, no. Dash? What if I tell you my name? I'm Veronica. Well, that changes everything. No Veronica. Brother Noah, brother Noah, may I come Jeremy. into the ark Jeremy, of the Lord? For it's growing very dark Jeremy, and it's on. raining very hard. Hallelujah. Oh, a Christian. Jewish folks never add the hallelujah. Are you anti-Semitic? You asking for shelter from the storm? We're fine out here. We'll be off your porch soon. You said bagels, I assumed. Oh, none of us at the bagel shop were Jewish. No, Peter was Jewish. Kellerman, one end. German, but not Jewish. Oh. Huh. This is fascinating. Good night. Uh, wait, I gotta pee. Can I pee in one of those buckets? As long as you ain't got any of those STIs. Do you? No. Are you lying to me? Mm-mm. What about you? No, I don't have anything like that. Well, then maybe you can use my bathroom. One at a time, the girl first. Thank you. You wait. Don't disturb anything. I won't. I... I won't. Brother Noah, Brother Noah, may I come into the ark of the Lord, though it's growing very dark, and it's, huh, loose board here. Typical old house, typical old wooden porch. Let's see, it feels like it wants to come up. I probably shouldn't be doing this. Don't disturb anything. Geez, this whole porch is already disturbed. Maybe I can fix it. This one board just needs a little push. Ow! Shit! Yeah, no fixing that. Ugh. What is that under there? What are those things? Those bones? Oh my god, skulls! Those are human skulls! Oh my god, she really is a cannibal. I gotta get Veronica out of here. Something wrong? No, thank you. You, you can use the bathroom next. Oh, I don't need to. Jeremy, you must help. need to. The bladder of men in the rain. I don't want to. I don't believe that. You wet your pants? Are you a pants wetter? No, I'm not anything. Put the gun down. Get in my house. Pee in my can. Or you'll shoot me? Yep. 
Jesus, what's, what's wrong with you? Fine, fine, I'll... I'll come in. It's not like you have to sit. I did wipe up. Jesus. What? You're not gonna catch anything, dick. Veronica, it's not... That's not... I'll come in. I'm coming. Oh, wow, look at that. The storm seems to be passing. Hey, Veronica, just wait outside, off the porch. I'll be right back. Move. Wait off the porch. In the rain? What the hell is wrong with him? I'm not gonna stand out there in the rain. Whoa! Holy shit! The porch is moving! Veronica. What? Are you talking to me? The porch, it's speaking! Oh my god, it's like a hideous mouth! I see you. Windows, like eyes looking through me. Veronica. It knows my name! I got the gun away from her. She's a killer. Did you see all those skulls under the porch? We gotta get out of here. She killed them. Run! Jeremy, get off the porch. What? What's going on? Ah! Ah! Oh my god, Jeremy! Jeremy! She has kept me from assuming my true form from it. Stand back, girl. The house! It's rising out of the ground! Get down, you vile thing! Take your medicine! A dash here! There! I warned you and your friend not to disturb anything! Uh, what are you sprinkling? A dash here! And a dash there! Idiot! That idiot shot me! Hey, Jeremy? Come on. Just bones by now. It swallows them whole and leaves nothing behind. Here! Take the shaker. It's not enough yet. Sprinkle more to keep it under control. I have more jars of the stuff inside. It's all on you now. You have to be the one to hold it back now. Shake it out all along the wood. Whenever it rumbles. Whenever its windows start to look like eyes. Shake it all over the house. Especially the porch. Please, take it. Take it! Or your friend dies in vain. So many have died in vain. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I shouldn't have let you come in. You shouldn't have even waited on the porch. It smelled you. It tasted you. They call me the cannibal. The demon lady. But it's this house. She's the demon. And she can rise and walk. She can eat towns. I've been holding her at bay. Your friend saw the bones under the porch. Got the wrong idea. Shut me. I guess he thought I meant to kill you. Lord, I should have tried harder to scare you away. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have tried harder. Please, don't let me and your stupid, stupid friend die. In vain. Please. The world must be protected from this creature. They all have to be. It'll eat entire towns if you let it loose. Oh, do you see that? The sunrise, I'll take it as a sign. There's the rainbow. A promise of peace. Thank you. Thank you for taking over the house. And don't let anyone near it. Thank you. Thank you. Dash, 
Dash, are, are you... She's gone. And do you... What are you? A demon house? And you can eat towns? Eat everything. Eat. Eat. I can relate. Wanting something so bad. Feeling that ache. Feels like the whole world destroyed you. Destroyed? You swallowed my friend. He said he wanted to walk into these woods and be swallowed up. In a way, I, I guess he got his wish. But, but what about my wish? What about yours? You've been deprived. Caged like a wild animal. I can see why you lash out. It's time you were free. Don't you think? True. Yes, but but take me with you, and I promise to never hold you back. We don't need any more of this. Salt, herb, whatever it is. <laughs> Let's find the nearest town. And the next one. And the next one. Oh, the places we will go. That was The Demon Lady, written by John Patrick Bray. It was performed by Audrey Robertson as Veronica, Eric Odom as Jeremy, and Christy Ruzma as Dash and the voice of Porchmouth. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so with me now is the writer of the story you just heard. He is an award-winning playwright with works published by Next Stage Press, Smith & Krauss, Original Works Publishing, among others. And he also teaches in the theater department at the University of Georgia. But most importantly, he is a fellow Tom Waits fan. Ladies and gentlemen, John Patrick Bray. How's it going, sir? It's going great. Always a pleasure to talk to another Tom Waits fan. There you go. That's the, <laughs> that, that's what we're here for. We're not going to talk about the play. We're just going to go down some deep cuts of, of Tom Waits for a little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. So uh, there's probably a lot of people out there that might not be uh, as familiar with your work as I am. So you've been doing this writing thing for a long time. So give us your origin story and how you got these playwriting superpowers. <laughs> superpowers. I like that. Well, the origin story is probably the same as most people got the bug when I was younger. Um, originally thought that I might go into film and TV. I went to community college uh, to learn how to be a cameraman. And uh, failing that, I fell into playwriting and scholarship. So that's the short story. Uh, the, the longer story is that um, the first musical that i really connected with when i was maybe 11 years old was the andrew lloyd weber phantom of the opera um followed by a little shop of horrors and then in 1994 january of i actually picked up a tom waits record called the black rider there you go and i to that and i read the liner notes i was like wait this is a play wait theater can be this and so for you know a kid in an apple orchard country side 
vista in upstate new york i started talking this language that very few other people seem to talk in my hometown um i was like no no wait there's something to this and uh yeah i got the bug i uh, wrote my first play with my twin brother back in 1994 and then we produced it with the help of the programming board at duchess community college in 1996 and it's been consistent ever since fell in love and i'm still in love Fantastic. I love it. And so as a, a teacher at University of Georgia, what is your what's your day like uh, with the theater department there? Oh, work, work, work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I took over as graduate coordinator last year. And so there's a lot of administrative work. Um, this semester, I'm teaching uh, my regular two classes, and I've got three one credit classes on top of it. And, um, you know, it's a it's a busy life and a good life. I'll just say it's busy and good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so let's uh, let's dive into the play that everyone just heard. It's called The Demon Lady. And so we have these two friends. They're out camping. A storm comes up. They get lost in the woods, and then they find this cabin. And you're thinking, you know, this is probably going to be a typical cabin in the woods story, but you give the audience this misdirection um, with with the old lady Dash, and uh, it makes it just a really fun and original story. Uh, so, what was your? Why did you want to write this play? I kept running into a Japanese no drama um, first in undergrad, and then I went to grad school at New School during its actors through the drama school days, and then again at LSU. And I kept running into this demon play from the from the no cycles. And it was about a couple of travelers that seek shelter in a house. And there's a demon lady and they ex they exercise the demon and all is well. And I was kind of haunted by that. And um, I chose somebody. We did one of those, you know, 30 plays in 30 days sorts of things. And one of the prompts was write a play based on a no play. And I was like, you know, I, there's something I've been seeing with this. But how do I make this a Western thing? You know, it's not a Buddhist play the way I'm doing it. It's not a religious play. Um you know, what do I really see being the surprise? Because I, I like surprise. Um, and um, I thought, well, what if she's, you know, what if the demon lady's not a demon? And what if the house is evil? And this is a person keeping it at bay. And what if the house being evil and eating everybody is actually a good thing for some folks? Like, what if it's a happy ending for somebody who's had, a you know, some terrible misfortunes? And um, so basically it was a, a way of surprising myself. Um, and... Uh, I just love the idea of a house, you know, eating people. I don't know what that is. I just love that idea. You know, some people say monster in the house. And it's like, well, what if it just, you know, devours people? <laughs> what if the house you know, is the monster? Yeah, you know, if the house is the monster. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're when you a kid and you're walking around a neighborhood, sometimes you see a house with, like, the shades lowered, like, three-quarters of the way down. And you think, oh, they look like eyes. If there's, like, a lamp in the windows or something. And so just taking that the next step, the next logical step. Um so I guess that's the genesis of this particular piece. And um, and then when I imagine the two people out in the woods, I didn't want them to be a couple. Um, I wanted them to just be friends and um, and friends who are, are, you know, both made sad, but also angry um, by their circumstances. And um, so, um, you know, so two angry friends hang out together. They're best friends. They're not romantic. It's nothing like that. And, and what happens if they're put in a situation where one of them is suddenly gone and the other one's like, you know what? That's it. <laughs> I've had enough. And um, so, yeah, so those were the general ingredients. Um, 
And uh, I was not listening to a Tom Waits song when <laughs> I wrote this. I, I want to say that I was listening to Don't Go in the Barn or something like that, but I but I wasn't. Um, but yeah, so that was the genesis of this particular piece, was just a play that kind of stayed with me for a while. And when a prompt came up, I write a lot from prompts. And so when a prompt came up, I was like, oh, this gives me the perfect excuse to to see what this thing is that's been nagging at me. Yeah. Now, you mentioned this was uh, inspired by no theater for so i know that's spelled n-o-h uh for people who aren't familiar with that term uh could you tell us what no theater is yeah it's from the um uh what was it 13th 14th century um and it was a, a family practice of presenting plays essentially for royalty and if you watch a no piece there's a lot of stillness there are very deliberate gestures um there's a spirituality to it, a religion to it. Um, and um, it's wonderful seeing how performers of no theater um, move through time and space. And as a practice, most no companies still operating in um, in Japan um, can trace their legacy back to the original performers. I mean, it really is passed down generation to generation, starting when the children are very, very young. Um and uh there is mask work involved um different um characters have different masks there's a chorus on stage that usually chant and play instruments um yeah, there's um for the performer um who plays like the main role um there is a viewing room where they sit in front of a mirror put on the mask you really transform into the character um in uh in a much different sense, I'm not going to do it justice, but it's a much different way than any kind of uh, the method-based approach to performance we have here. So that they, when they go in, um, they are are spiritually connected to um, to something greater than themselves when they present their work on stage. Um, so uh, it has a long and rich history. It's a much different history than Western drama, and I highly recommend folks seek out No Theater. You know, there's some documentaries, short documentaries you can find on YouTube if you're not taking a class. There are collections of plays you can buy, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. Nice, nice. All right. Uh, so for this play, The Demon Lady, I want to talk about the staging. Uh, you know, most writers, when they write a script, um, they're thinking about the set, and a lot of times sets can be implied in scripts now in your script the demon lady your set is actually one of the characters uh in in the script you know you describe this this rotten old old wooden cabin these symmetrical windows that look like eyes um so did it ever worry you that you know theaters putting on 10-minute play festivals might read this and be like you know this it might not be worth building this set for just a 10 minute play. If we just got to switch it out for the next one, this would be something we want to put more into for a full length play. Um, did you, cause you've seen it. You said you've seen it staged. I think we were talking to messenger is at a university or something. I'm curious how they put this together. They actually built the set. They actually built the house for the 10 minute play and wow. it actually has the mouth and the kind of reddish light eyes. It was directed by Dr. Christopher Nelson at Gardner Webb university in Boylan Springs, North Carolina. And um, and he reached out to me. We've been friends for years, and I've done a couple of um, pieces that he's presented. And he said, "Do you have anything new?" This was back in April. I said, "Well, here's um, here's this play. You'll never be able to do it." <laughs> and he said, no, "Actually, I like the challenge of this. We're going to build the set." Funny enough, it was picked up by another group doing Halloween theme plays, and they just reached out to me a week ago and said, "We've decided we can't do this because we can't build a house." So <laughs> oh, that man. is the danger of the play: is that some people are like, "Oh, we love it, want to do it." 
ah, but we can't because we don't know how to, you know, and it's up to, I mean, do you have to build the entire house? I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm not, a, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. In terms of producibility, I mean. It, it's a it's a bold move and I like bold moves in, in scripts. I like that feeling of, you know what? I wrote this script, you figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's uh <laughs> You figure it out. I mean, some companies <laughs> will say yes and some will be like, actually, no. And yeah. that's just the, the risk you run. Yeah. Um, I remember some years ago, there were a number of um, well-meaning playwrights writing articles that were appearing in like the Dramatist and American Theater Magazine saying, if you want your play produced, two to four characters, simple set, no big light changes. And then I wrote something called Friendly's Fire that the Barter Theater did. And there's like a polar bear and a guy made of, out of moss that comes out of a toilet. There's a shootout with carpenter bees. And so as I was writing this, I was like, man, this is never going to get produced. But if you find the right people who are crazy enough to believe in the piece, they'll they'll do it and they'll find a way to make it work. Um, and so a lot of the things I've been writing lately are big costume, big blood and puppets sorts of things. And if they get done, that's fantastic. I'm always happy when somebody tries it. Um, and if they don't, I also understand that I'm I'm doing something that somebody with the producer hat on will say, this is too expensive. Uh, you know, the, I was challenged to write a piece and it's been developed. It's had some really good developmental opportunities. I wrote a piece called Tracks. The Wallace Theater just did it as a, a week-long development in um, April of this year in uh, Lubbock, Texas. And um, and that piece, I mean, there's a moment. It, it That piece is set in the Hudson Valley, New York, where I grew up. And... Um, economically devastated after ibm left in the mid 90s this place set in the late 90s and the hudson river valley is also the birthplace of american myth with washington irving the headless horseman and all that and as i was writing this play there was a voice in my head going please be normal please be normal please be normal um just make it about the teenagers you grew up with when you were a teenager yada yada and suddenly the headless horseman emerged out of the hudson river and picked up a discarded IBM computer monitor and kind of put it like where its head should be. And now I've got the headless horseman with a computer monitor head. It's like, well, that's that. <laughs> um, so, you know, and kind of a recognition that, yeah, that there are a lot of folks that love that play. Different folks have given it some great developmental opportunities, skeleton rep in Brooklyn, for example, but, but, it's probably not going to get produced and I would love to see it produced. Maybe I'll do it myself one day, but it's like, well, at least folks have heard it. Folks seem to enjoy it and it's getting out in the world that way. Yeah. Now for demon lady, have you ever considered um, extending it to like a full length play to where theaters might read it and be like, you know what? It'd be worth building that set. Cause we'd get a lot out of it with a full length play. <laughs> I, I actually hadn't given it much thought. I mean, maybe um, certainly be a great twist at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I will never say no. So I'll just say perhaps maybe one day I'll come back to it and say, you know, there is something, something. I mean, certainly for the, the audio presentation that, that we just did, it's longer than the 10 minute play. It, mm -hmm. There's more to it. And, and uh, um, so there, there are further avenues for discovery, I'm sure. Um, so I, I won't say no. I'll say yeah. maybe. <laughs> Now, see, the, that's the beauty of audio is that no matter how crazy your set is, um, I can usually find a sound effect that'll sell sell what, what's happening. Um, it sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds really, really great. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I love I, it. I love what I'm you all did. glad you like it. And um, the <laughs> actors that 
recorded with me. They were uh, they they couldn't be here today, but um, they they loved it. You know, they they loved being a part of it. Um, they had so much fun with it. Um, well, my so thanks you, to them. Thanks to everybody. <laughs> so so when you you heard it um, yesterday, I sent you kind of an early cut of it. Um, how, how did you feel about how it all turned out? Oh, I thought it was great. Um, I loved hearing the sound effects and the music that you used. It really set the mood. Um, I love the way that the actors performed their lines and they kept the urgency of being in the storm. And they were so clearly connected to each other. Um, and Dash, you know, what I liked about her performance is that she was mysterious. She's holding the gun, but there's still a warmth to her. Um, you know, she doesn't want to see these people out in the rain, but she also recognizes the dangers <laughs> that could be here if she's not dash, dash, dashing, you know, the house. Um, so I, I thought it worked out beautifully. Thank you so much. Uh, so, you so much. you mentioned earlier that you have a twin brother. Is he a creative like yourself, playwriting or anything, uh, anything along those lines? Sure. We're both college teachers. He's the chair of... Um, digital filmmaking at the SUNY at SUNY New Paltz in New Paltz, New York, where we actually both went to college. And he and I have um he made a short film based on my plays friendly play Friendly's Fire. I I turned into a screenplay and we just won a broadcast education association award for it. And it's been at the Milan uh Shorts Film Festival. It had a couple of online screenings of the Liftoff Festival. And so we we have that. And then we um made a feature-length film together back in 2016 based on my play called Liner Notes, which folks can rent on Amazon with Alan Enlow and Alyssa Carpenter. Um so we've worked together on a few things. We co-wrote a play together. Um, the the one that we wrote back in uh 94 to 96. And Next Stage Press, Gene Cato was kind enough to publish it. So that play, Foul Feast, is oh, now fantastic. forever in the world. So we we do work together, and he does creative stuff as well. We both do scholarship. We've written scholarship together. Um, we co-authored a book chapter on the Superman TV show Smallville. It's in a book called Mapping Smallville. We both do geek kind of stuff, too. And um, So, yeah, the short answer is yes, he does creative stuff as well, and we've worked together. Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, you mentioned Superman and... Um... All, all of your your geekness. Uh, I just want to uh, dive into your personal life a little bit. You you have you're a collector like me. You have a, a healthy obsession with Batman, from what I've seen. <laughs> you have a, a <laughs> huge collection. Yeah, I have a, pretty... a Batman memorabilia and and all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. Um, oh, yeah. my, see, my wife calls me a hoarder because I collect stuff like that. Um, but uh, I I just uh, so what is uh what, what other things do you collect or is it or do you just mainly focus on Batman and I'll just start by saying that my wife, Danielle, is very forgiving. Um, but uh, her I actually knew her older brothers before I met her. Her older brothers both worked at the comic book shop I used to go to as a kid. And I didn't know they were related until... Um, uh, this is such a long story. I'm trying to make it short. Um, until I visited her after we got engaged and she had moved to Louisiana. And I, moved to, I went to Louisiana to visit her and I saw her picture with her brothers. Like, oh my gosh, those are your brothers? Um, it's like, I know those guys, and I guess not too many people had the last name Bienvenue, but it just hadn't clicked. And, um, so, uh, she's very understanding of my collection stuff that I collect. I've got, yeah, I've got all my old star Wars toys from when I was a kid. I still have my emperor from return of the Jedi on, on card. I have all my He-Man toys. I've got all my Batman and superpowers and secret wars and stuff. 
I collect records. I mean, not 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 like some of my audiophile friends. I have specific people that I follow that I like. Tom Waits, of course, is one of them. Um, uh, and we both are really avid readers. We have just stacks and stacks of books everywhere. Um, and uh, so I guess we are hoarders too. Um, and what's great is that my kids are really into this stuff as well. Um, my son's now 14. My daughter's 10. Um, and they still are really impressed, thank God, by the collection we have. And when they were younger, they played with the toys too. They played with the old He-Mans. They played with the old Star Wars. Um, so I figured, well, the ones that are not like on card, they're out. Let's play with them. You know, there's a way to play with them and you learn how to play with them and, uh, uh, how to treat them, especially the old He-Mans where the, the rubber bands are deteriorating inside. So the legs start falling off and all that. So it's like, well, there's, you know. That's okay. These were not built to last for 40 years, right? <laughs> the fact that you're lasted is amazing. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff. Just a, a lot of, I guess I am a bit of a pack rack too. Yeah. Um, I mean, same here. I'm a fellow geek. I, I collect all kinds of different stuff. A huge record collection, which even my daughter's getting into now. She wants, she didn't have a record player. She has to use mine, but, um, but no, she started collecting records. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of nice that we could pass out to them and they can pick up our uh, geekness and all that. Yeah, when you have a, you know, I remember my son when he was, um, you know, seven years old, he had a favorite Lou Reed song. He had a favorite Tom Waits song. He had a favorite um, uh, Felice Brothers song. And it's like, all right, we're, we're raising him right. You know, if we <laughs> there you go. it's like that. Are you listening to Leonard Cohen again? Are you listening to They Might Be Giants or whatever? It's like, okay, we, we've done something right. Um, and, uh, uh, so my son's first concert I took him to was Weird Al during the Vanity tour. It was over in Atlanta. Dude, the, the first uh, concert I took my son to was Weird Al. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right here in Augusta, Georgia. He was at the uh, the Miller Theater. But now that's cool. Oh, and also, yeah. the first concert I ever saw was Weird Al with the Monkees. Oh gosh, that must have been great. It was it was it was in the eighties. Oh. It was I was like six years old, but uh, that was my first concert, and I was just like I saw Weird Al was coming in town. And I was like, you know what? my son's first concert is going to also be weird out and it was just a great experience my, my first concert was oak ridge boys but i did see tom waits live i have seen david byrne live and i've seen some others so i i you know all right we got we got a little bit off topic but that was fun that was fun uh so <laughs> as far as your playwriting and other creative stuff you got going on what do, what do you have coming up what do you need to plug that you can tell people about sure the the skeleton represents um in in uh, new york they're going to have a Zoom reading of my play St. John of Suburbia, another another monster play. This one has a werewolf, and uh, but it's a little different. Um, and that's going to be on Zoom on November 1st. If you look up, um, the skeleton represents St. John of Suburbia. You'll be able to find it, maybe join us for the, for the reading on November 1st. And... Um, you know, after that, um, uh, things will start to look quiet. I've got a, a reading of the one act version of St. John with the group. I'm still waiting to hear what, how that's going to go, but the, we're still working that out. But for the skeleton represents, there'll be a full length. See, I do take shorter plays and develop them. There you go. <laughs> uh, and, um, I'm excited for that one. That one, there's been a bunch of new things that have popped up and I'm very much enjoying my time with the skeleton represents the great people. Um, you know, and still sending out escapism into world into the world that the short film. Um and from there I don't know. You know, it's funny, whenever I get to this point in the year, I always feel like, oh man, I've got nothing lined up. And then by like, you know, ask me again in January, I'll be like, Oh, this year is packed. <laughs> um and um I'm writing a monograph on a playwright um and um uh, named Jack Gelber. 
who was one of my teachers at the Actors Studio Drama School. He wrote The Connection with the Living Theater back in 1959. That was his big play. And then the ones after that didn't get as much attention. And I'm trying to write that wrong. And I do think it's a wrong. Um, so that's the other project is diving into the scholarly stuff. Um, and most recently, I edited a collection of plays for Applause Theater and Cinema Books called Stage It and Stream It Plays for Virtual Theater, which has a great host of playwrights in there. Some some names you'll recognize and some names you might not recognize. It's a fantastic uh, group of people that were kind enough to put their faith in this project. So, you know, this year has been a good year. 2023 has been a very busy and productive year. And 2024, we'll just have to see when we get there. Very cool. Very cool. All right. How so, about yourself? What do you have coming up? Man, what do I have coming up? Uh, let's see. I just found out today uh, my short play, Lenora, which was um, actually the season finale on the audio play for season three uh, is going to be in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, fantastic. Um, it's, part of, it's part of their 10 minute play. And then, um, but I'll also <laughs> be doing um, uh, uh, the live event for this in October. Um, and then, of course, I'm just going to be doing some more recording of um of all of our friends and fellow playwrights out there well, thank you for all that you're doing for us i really appreciate uh, it so where, where can people find you what is your website and uh social media i don't really do much of the way of social media I, I mean if you look for me on facebook you'll find me um but i don't have twitter or instagram or anything else um i've got a new play exchange page so if you're on new play exchange you can find me there um my website is woefully um, underused. It's just my full name, johnpatrickbray.com. Um, but, um, you know, I, I get, uh, I, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I say good morning on Facebook and I post a couple of goofy things, but I get a little, I get worried about social media. Um, and, uh, I don't know if that's the Gen X in me or what that is. So I, I just keep a Facebook, but, um, if you want to contact me, you can, um, go to my website, johnpatrickbray.com, and fill out the form, and it'll come to my email, and I can respond to you. All right. Well, hey, man. Thanks for being here. Um, keep doing what you do. Keep creating. Keep writing. Uh, keep teaching at UGA. I told my wife, she's a big UGA fan. She's she's all into the college football, and she was just like, oh, oh my go gosh. Bulldogs. Yeah. One of the classes I'm teaching this year is drama and sports, and we're... Um, you know, finding the ways that, that drama, the theater and sports dovetail, and I'm using a lot of sports-based plays. And uh, Yeah, go Bulldogs. Big Bulldog fan. <laughs> All right, man. You take it easy, and uh, hopefully we'll collaborate again in the future. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening, and if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, send an email to gatherbythegostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly at his website, johnpatrickbray.com. And if you'd like to have some really cool Gather by the Ghostlight merchandise, t-shirts are available at the merchandise link in the show notes along with the year one and year two books, and both of those are also available at Amazon. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard, please leave us a rating or a review in all the places that you can. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghostlight on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, and also to stay up to date on those weekly giveaways that will be going on through the month of October. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe. And I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 